Blog Talk Radio. Mommy, I hear the baby crying. Help me, all the words she's implying. Where have I been while my world has been dying? Lord, teach me. Oh! 
Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. Just want to give God praise. You know, it's here. It's Tuesday night about 11, uh, I guess about 11.24 p.m., so we're going into about a half hour into the show. But, you know, I don't know where you're listening from or what time it is where you're listening. But, you know... The Bible says to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. To rise up and bless the Lord. To bless the Lord at all times. To meditate on the Lord on your bed. To meditate on the Lord day and night. And to seek his face. And you know, the reason we worship, listen, there's a protocol. There's a there's a certain way we come into his presence. There's a certain way we come into his courts. And listen, when the presence of God, when the Holy Spirit is manifest and is present among his people, whether it be individually or corporately, it's not time for business as usual. And the way we do things needs to be a little different. So he says, if you come before my presence with singing Psalm 100, I just want to talk about worship for a minute. Listen, sometimes we have to clear the air. Sometimes we have to regain focus. And you know when Saul, in the Old Testament, when King Saul was plagued by the demonic, plagued by spirits, plagued by torturers, tormenting him, in his mind, in his emotions, in his heart, plaguing his will. Listen, he would call on David. David would come and he would skillfully play the harp. And the presence of the living God, the anointing that was on David because he was a psalmist, because he was a seeker, a worshiper of God, that anointing would rise up inside of David. And begin to set him free, begin to lift the burden, begin to lift and clear the air, and the heaviness would dissipate, and the depression would go. And all of a sudden, he he had peace. Jehovah Shalom, peace. The Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of peace, would come into the room and begin to restore him in his mind for that visitation of God for that moment of time. And 
You know, sometimes we need to just take time out. Sometimes we need to just take a moment, consecrate, and set apart some time. The Bible says the Lord sets apart them that are godly for himself. And there's a value that God places on setting things, setting people apart for his purposes. And he needs reciprocation in that. He needs us to set him apart. To give him place in our lives. To give him glory in our lives. He needs us to not compartmentalize and not just make a little space for him, but, but allow him to come into our lives and take control. And when we worship that corrects our focus, when his presence comes in, things change. Fears diminish in his presence. Doubts diminish and fade. And all of a sudden, strength is imparted. The Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. But in his presence there's fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is our strength. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We're told that his spirit will quicken our mortal bodies. And as we're endued As we're empowered with the Holy Spirit, there's a quickening. There's a focus. There's a strength. There's a joy. There's a peace that's released in the presence of the Lord. It only comes through God inhabiting your mind and inhabiting your body, and inhabiting, living, dwelling in you. It's one thing for God to dwell in others. And you receive blessing from others because of the Spirit of God that's in them. But it's a completely different story when he resides, when the living God is living on the inside of you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The same Spirit that that Jesus said the Comforter will come. And he'll be in you. And he'll make his abode in you. And he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. He'll lead you into the way of peace. He'll make your crooked paths straight. The same spirit that breathed life into the dry bones in the valley when Ezekiel saw the vision. The same breath that breathed into the nostrils of Adam and he became a living soul. The same spirit that was upon John the Baptist when he was the forerunner proclaiming the kingdom that was on David when he would prophesy and declare the the works of God same spirit that was on Jesus and in Jesus that raised him from the dead 
Listen. God wants you to encounter him. God wants you to know him. In the sixth chapter of Matthew, when the disciples came to Jesus, and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, look, when you pray, let's talk about that for a minute. When you pray, say, what do we say? What do we pray? Jesus said, I only speak when I hear my father speaking. I only pray what my father tells me to pray. You see, he had an understanding. Prayer was not just merely believing and having faith in God, but it was receiving. He says, when you pray, believe that you will have and you will receive. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and there's an opening. And see, for so many, there's a lot of asking, but there's not a lot of receiving. And there's a lot of seeking, and there hasn't been a lot of finding. And for many, they've knocked and knocked and knocked. But where are the open doors? Jesus said, you ask, but when you ask, you ask and miss. Why did he say that? Because, see, sometimes we're seeking, but are we seeking first his kingdom? Or are we seeking our own kingdoms? Are we knocking on his door? Are we trying to knock on our own doors? Are we trying to make our own opportunities in places that that he's not even leading us to? It's got to be a work of the Spirit. It's got to be a work of the Spirit. It's not by might, not by power, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. He says, if you labor, you labor in vain if God doesn't build the house. What does that mean? It means you can spend your whole lives trying to do things your way. Riding on the opinions of others and using your own wisdom and not ever consult God or his word. And sometimes the, the end result of that for many people can be devastating. Many people can be disheartening. People spend their whole life trying to achieve goals that they never reach. When if they would just stop and and seek the Lord, stop and pray, stop and ask God for his advice, begin to do things God's way, which means live according to his word. Begin to take wise advice, sound advice, that promotes healthy and righteous living. And they would see so much result in the prayers that they pray and so much result in the righteous life that they live as they do things God's way.
you know, we I guess the closest story that even people that don't know God or his word, you remember the story of the three little pigs? There's a story about the three little pigs and the big bad wolf. And the three little pigs, and you know, hey, guys, for those of you that want to get super-duper spiritual, you know, we're we're going to talk about the three, bad pig, the three little pigs for a minute on Prayer International. And then I'm going to relate it to God's Word. Because there's too many people out there that want to be that want to fly around and get so off in the ozone that they're not grounded and founded in the word. They're not grounded enough. And when life happens, their Christianity starts shaking and goes right out the window. And my wife brought up a good point. Some people don't know what it means to build your house. Some people don't know what it means to have a right foundation. And even people in the church, you know, people that have gone to church, people that have been taught a certain measure of faith. Listen, a lot of times we're trying to build our our faith in God on activities. And pep talks and social events, and we're trying to build our Christianity on tape series and this and that instead of just going to God in prayer, instead of talking to God, and I'll get to the Three little pigs in a minute. But we've got to get a firm foundation. And it's our foundation has to be Jesus Christ. It's got to be rooted in the Father's heart, the Father's precepts, the Father's mindsets, his kingdom agenda. Okay, you know what? We're going to scrap the three little pigs for tonight. I'm going to get into something different. Let's get into Matthew 6. I'll tell you what. Nursery rhymes are for babies. If we're going to do the three little pigs, we'll just save that for a different night. But I want to get into something that Jesus talked about. He said, man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You're going to get those words, either the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart or reading the Bible or inspired men and women speaking as the Lord gives them direction into your life. Or sometimes circumstances God will use to speak into your life. But we live by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. We need to live by the word of God. And it needs to be first and foremost in our lives. 
And if we try to build on anything else in our lives besides God's word and his spirit and his son, Jesus Christ, then we're selling ourselves short, we're fooling ourselves, we're deceiving ourselves. And if anyone says they've got Christianity, but it's not in light of what God's word says, and it's not in step with the Holy Spirit, and doesn't display the Father's heart in things, then I say it's it's, it's very comical. Because God's Christianity, the Bible Christianity, it says it bears fruit. It, it shows love. It it transforms lives. It serves God and people. Yet, an authority transforms and changes things. And it's not self-promoting, but it's Jesus promoting. So the disciples say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Verse 5 of chapter 6 of the book of Matthew says, And when you pray, don't be as the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the churches, in the synagogues, in the corners of the street outside, that they may be seen of men. They want to just make a big show, make a big deal, put all the attention on them. But I'm paraphrasing. This is verse 5. He said, look, don't be like these hypocrites that just want to put a bunch of attention on themselves. They just want to pray just to hear themselves talk. Verse 6, he said, when you pray, go into your closet. Go go into a secret place. Go into a quiet place, a secluded place. That's, that's a closet. He says, and when you shut your door, so keep it private. Don't make such an open display of it. He says, pray to your Father which is in secret. And your Father which sees you in secret will reward you openly. Verse 7, he says, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions. Don't repeat yourself as the heathen do. You know, there's there's religions where they just chant a bunch of mantras over and over and over. He says, don't be like that. Don't be repetitious. Don't be vain. Don't be like the heathen. They think they're going to be hurt for their much speaking. There's that much speaking thing. How many times in our public places do people get so boisterous and wordy and and just outlandish in their praying in public? It's like they, they need to have personal prayer time, but they want to do it right in front of everybody. Don't get me wrong. It's okay to pray out loud. It's okay to pray. It's okay to be emotional when you pray. But make sure it's genuine. Make sure it's real. Make sure you're you're doing it not to be a show or a spectacle. 
He says, look, don't be vain repetition. Listen, if, think about it. If you've ever babysat or watched kids or you have kids, and your children come up to you and they're like, hey, mom or dad or hey, uncle so-and-so or hey, babysitter, I want a peanut butter jelly sandwich. 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 You'd be like, come on already. Knock it off. Talk to me normal. Just just ask me for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Just, just one time. I can hear you. I get the point. But don't annoy me. Don't drive me crazy. Jesus said, don't use vain repetition as the heathen do. They want to just be heard for their much speaking. Verse 8, he says, don't be like them. For your heavenly Father knows what you have need of before you even ask. What about asking? You don't have to beg. You don't have to over and over and over. He says, but look, after this manner, pray this, say this. He says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He says, approach God as your Father. Have a relationship with him. Talk to him normal. Approach him as a Father. Make it genuine. Make it intimate. Make it real. Make it personal. You don't have to come screaming and annoying, repeating yourself over and over and over. Just just simply ask him for the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Or better yet, thank him that he's already provided. And we'll get into that here in a minute, what I mean by that. But he says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I worship you. He, he, worship was a was one of the first priorities in this prayer. It was relationships established through intimacy. But then it proceeded through adoration and exaltation and worship and and all of a sudden all all the affections were set to worship. Once the relationships established you set your affections upon the Father. Your emotions. You hallow his name. Which means to set him apart. To make him holy. He's to 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 consecrate. To say you're holy. You're a holy God. Declaring who he is, declaring what he says he is and who he says he is. And who he is in your life, declaring and decreeing and making mention of those things and what he's done. Amen. And you know, he says it's finished. He says he he completed a work on, on the cross for you. And not just stopped there, but he went to hell. He took the keys. He took authority over the devil. He took the power of life, death, hell, and the grave. Listen. He resurrected to give you resurrection power. He sent his spirit 
to give you the resurrection power in life and enable you to be an overcomer. To enable you to walk in good health. To give you the opportunity to prosper because God gives the power to make wealth. To give you the opportunity to serve. He says that he who is the least will be the greatest in God's kingdom. To give you the opportunity to obey. Because if you love God, you'll obey his commandments. To give you the opportunity to seek his face. Because those that love him will say, your faithful Lord will I seek. And if you seek first his kingdom, all these other things, listen. Stop worrying about the things. Stop begging and asking for all the things. And start to declare and decree and say and call in God's kingdom. If you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these other things will be added to you. Your priorities need to be shifted. Your priorities need to change. Your first priority needs to be his kingdom. You need to be worried about God and his family. And guess what? Then all of a sudden he'll take care of your family. And it doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. But you need to realize that God's kingdom rewards come in this life and in the one to come. And if you don't tip the scales of justice in this life that we live and you feel like you didn't get the fair deal or you didn't get the good deal, listen, when you get to that side of glory, God is going to make sure that justice is served in your life. Whatever you feel like you're missing out on, don't make it right. Whatever you feel like you didn't get or you deserve, you'll make it right. As long as it's just, as long as it's holy, as long as it's kingdom. So don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But he's a good God. And he wants to bless you. He said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land, which means if you will turn your will over to his will, if you'll begin to do his will instead of your will, be willing, begin to give him what rightfully is in your life. I know we all have to work on it. We all have places and things to work on. But he's a good God. So he says, look, you hallow his name, you set him apart, and then you shift your priorities from your kingdom to his kingdom. And you begin to seek first his kingdom, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. You're making that decree, you're you're declaring that into the earth, you're speaking that into your life, you're speaking that over your family, 
You're speaking that over your neighborhood or your job or your church or your sphere of influence. You're declaring his kingdom come. His kingdom be established here on the earth. He says, your will be done on earth, in earth. So his kingdom and his will being established in the earth as it is in heaven. Do you know the Bible says we're ambassadors? We're representatives of a king and a kingdom. Just like we have American an American embassy on foreign soil. If you go to Mexico, there's an American embassy. If you go to France, there's an American embassy. If you go to Russia or Europe, there's an American embassy that's filled with American people. And they create policy and they work through things in that country for the American people. And they're there for the protection and for the representation and for the administration. Whatever's going on with with the American people in that country, there's an embassy for the people to go get help. It's a safe place. And God has embassies. God has places. God has places set up all over the earth. And God has ambassadors in these places, these kingdom embassies, places where he is, places where his people understand how how to govern and, and pray his kingdom be established in the earth. But it's a it's a place of submission. It's a place of authority where you're getting up under the authority of God. And you're getting up under the authority of men and women that understand the heart of God. And you're creating a place that represents God rightly, represents his kingdom, and brings his presence and establishes his kingdom priorities into that place in the earth, whether it be your home or your neighborhood or your place of work, and it would spread. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just like it is in heaven. We need to begin to be more heavenly minded. We need to begin to begin to check out what the Bible says about what's going on in heaven. We need to begin to consult with our heavenly Father and see how he wants us to orchestrate and administrate and govern and set things up down here to image and model and resemble and function the same way that things function as it is in heaven be done in the earth as it is in heaven be done in the earth so how do we bring this convergence of heaven and earth a merging of one stream an eternal heavenly supernatural endless boundless limitless stream into our earth, into our life, into our home, into our family, into our present circumstance or situation. How? We're going to talk about that next show.
How do we bring heaven on earth? How do we bring God's kingdom to the earth? One way is by declaring and decreeing it. In the book of Job, it says, You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Jesus told us to speak to mountains and they would be moved. We'll talk about that on the next show. Speaking what God is speaking. We're going to talk about speaking what God is speaking, decreeing what what God is decreeing. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would turn every heart towards you, bless every family, bless every person listening, bless every marriage that's represented, bless every parent-child relationship that's represented. Lord, infiltrate every home by your presence. Father, touch every home with your glory for your gospel, for your for your namesake. Father, we pray, Lord God, that your name would be honored and, Lord, you would get glory and honor and praise through the lives of tonight. Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you would just bless them in their minds, bless them in their bodies. Father, we seek healing and wholeness over every body right now, that it would line up according to your word, and you would shift and bring an alignment of their soul, that they would prosper and be in good health, and prosper and be in good emotion. Father, you would bless their minds, and they would have a right mental attitude, Lord you bless them, Lord God, remove, Lord God, any hindrance or any mountain or any blockage, anything that's holding them back in your kingdom. Reveal to their hearts what they need to give to you. Reveal to their hearts what needs to change. And we pray, Lord God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, Father that we can come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Prayer International Radio. You have a blessed night. We'll be back tomorrow in Jesus' name.